Oh, today that you would hear his voice and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. A reading from Psalm 14. These are God's words. For the chief musician, a psalm of David. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Yahweh looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand, that did seek after God. They are all gone aside. They are together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread and call not upon Yahweh? There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. Ye put to shame the counsel of the poor, because Yahweh is his refuge. O oh, that thus salvation of Israel were to come out of Zion, when Yahweh bringeth back the captivity of his people. Then shall Jacob rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. These are God's words. You can take your seats. In this psalm, David interprets the state of mankind in his day, explaining why there was so much sin and evil all about him. He then expresses his faith in God that he will deliver the righteous from that crooked generation. To explain their evil behavior, he starts where all evil begins, with the internal dialogue that man uses to suppress the truth. They say, in their heart, there is no God. This is a foolish endeavor because God has made it plain to them, to all of us, in the light of nature and in their consciences, that God exists. What they say to themselves changes nothing about reality. This is a perverse, foolish form of self-deceit, telling yourself that the reality you experience is not, in fact, reality. Sometimes we can have trouble with this idea that all God deniers are fools and that they do not have adequate evidence. God is invisible after all. There seems to be no supernatural activity at times that would suggest that there is no supernatural God. The presence of evil and chaos could suggest to some that there is no God. We hear the fools saying these statements to suppress the truth and to us there can seem some plausibility at times. God is, in fact, invisible to us as well. When we become Christians, he doesn't suddenly become visible. Their objections can seem plausible because we too can be fools. Believing in God can be hard for even the redeemed sinner because we are sinners. What do I mean? Romans 1 says that God has made it plain to us that he exists. It is plain. Look outside. Just look anywhere. The things that you see are clearly created things, and they clearly point to the existence of an invisible God. Since we have sin remaining in us, like the rest of the world, we can have sympathy for those who cannot comprehend the invisible, but we should have no sympathy for that kind of thinking. We need to know ourselves. Do not give an inch to the fool's arguments. Know that your flesh is inclined to say to your heart, there is no God. 
Know these inclinations in yourself and fight them with the truth. But why do we deny what is clear to us? Because this denial in our minds would set us free from the demands of God's holy law. The flesh would love to function atheistically. But how stupid is this? Does covering your eyes make something go away? Does thought manipulation change or undermine the responsibilities that God has given you? Saying in your heart that there is no God is aptly called foolish. And those that do it are aptly called fools. It's stupidity. We then see in the psalm that from this stupid self-deception, man allows himself to do all manner of evil. Their minds are corrupted, so they do abominable works. David says that this suppression of the truth is so pervasive that he looked upon all of mankind and found that none do good or seek after him. Let's see this in verses 2 and 3. Yahweh looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand, that did seek after God. They are all gone aside. They are together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. These verses are quoted by Paul in Romans 3 and are the basis or one basis for the doctrine we call total depravity. Man in his fallen nature does not seek God or call upon him for salvation. This is not because we do not have the cognitive capacity to know and love God. This is because we do not have the moral ability to turn from our sin because we love sin. We love darkness and hate the light. We learn from other places in scripture that the one who says in his heart there is no God, who will not seek God because of his sin, can become a seeker of God by having his nature changed. We have heard this being taught in John 3 about the new birth. This change happens when through his word, through the proclamation of the gospel, through the power that raised Jesus from the dead, his Holy Spirit brings us to new life. The theological terms for this are the effectual call of God or sometimes the irresistible grace of God. This is how the Westminster Confession puts the effectual call of God. Now I quote, All those who God hath predestinated unto life and only those he is pleased in his appointed and accepted time effectually to call by his word and spirit out of that state of sin and death in which they are by nature to grace and salvation by Jesus Christ, enlightening their minds spiritually and savingly to understand the things of God, taking away their heart of stone and giving unto them an heart of flesh, renewing their wills, and by his almighty power, determining them to that which is good and effectually drawing them to Christ, Jesus Christ. Yet so as they come most freely, being made willing by his grace. Praise God. Amen. I'm sure you'll hear more about this from Non as, we, as he does his sermon. Uh, but we're going to continue with the psalm, reading verses 4, and, 4 through 6. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge, who eat up my people as they eat bread, and call not upon Yahweh? 
There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. Ye put to shame the counsel of the poor, because Yahweh is his refuge. David here deals with some things that we have already touched on. Are these workers of iniquity operating without the knowledge of God? I think the implied answer here is that they do, not, or they do have knowledge. But David makes it clear that their temporary suppression of reality will eventually be emphatically broken by the very real judgment of God. There they were in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. Adding to the foolishness of suppressing the truth of God is that it can, at best, only be temporary. There is a judgment coming, and God will not allow our false internal speech to drown out reality forever. Atheists will only function atheistically for a short time. They and their lies will be shown up on that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Jesus Christ. Romans 2.16 There is a final judgment that will expose all suppression of the truth. But we know from this psalm and other places in scripture that God is pleased at times to expose their lies in time and in history as well. Verse 7 says, Oh, that the salvation of Israel were to come out of Zion. When Yahweh bringeth back the captivity of his people, then shall Jacob rejoice and Israel shall be glad. We say this all the time here at Redwood, but it is worth repeating. This world and all that is in it is God's. He will show his faithfulness to his covenant people throughout history, redeeming the church and causing us to rejoice and be glad in his salvation. He has promised to bless all the families of the earth through the children of Abraham. He has sent his son not to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus is the salvation that came out of Zion, and he will free mankind from the captivity of our sin. Amen. Okay, let's sing this psalm now. I'm going to ask Mel to come up to play the piano. Psalm 14 to the tune of O Sacred Head Now Wounded. Yeah. 